welcome in the box office quarterbacks for our Top Gun week. And I will say I am very happy we were doing a uh, a week dedicated to movies that's not uh, superhero related. But uh, welcome into box office quarterbacks. I'm Ryan Schmelz, joined by Jeffrey Gordon and Gerald Tracy. Guys, it's Top Gun week. How's everyone doing? It's good. But Ryan, you need to join us for one of these superhero weeks this one time. I will say that. Hey, you've set the bar very high for the amount of uh, Disney Channel Plus shows that I need to be keeping up with. And sometimes it's just a little bit overwhelming. And then I get hooked on like historical dramas like The Last Kingdom. And then I end up being way behind. And then I end up here. Well, they're only coming out more and more. So you're getting more behind. You just jump on the bandwagon. Uh, Anyway, I am happy to watch this movie for the first time, though. Well, what'd you think? I mean, it's uh, it's definitely one of those movies that's like a classic. It's kind of one of the reasons we started this podcast was to watch movies like Top Gun, uh, either like watching it for the first time in a long time since, you know, we were young and, and seeing how our opinions changed or watching it for the first time and kind of seeing if it lives up to the hype. I thought it was good. I thought the soundtrack was good. I thought the action was good. There is one problem with this movie that I will get into later. That I think holds it back a little bit. Uh, yeah. Uh, first of all, I think that this cast has aged very well. I think this cast was phenomenal at the time, and you looking back on it now, you know some of these some of these cast members aren't in as many movies as maybe you'd want to see them in, but uh, a lot of them are still very much household names. So I, I think that the cast number one was really phenomenal the first time around. Yeah, no, the cast is great. I mean, obviously, when you're but um, being led by Tom Cruise definitely helps. I really enjoyed his performance in this movie. Um, it was a very, like, for me too, Jeff. It was my first time to see it. I think I don't recall ever seeing this as a kid. Like I've seen clips. I know that you know for some of the quotes and the memes and stuff. But um, first time living up to the hype. I think I'll get into that a little bit later. But um, overall, like I mean, I was pleased, and I'm not mad that I watched it. I'm actually glad I did because now I'm more excited to see the new one. I would say the first thing that stands out to me is uh, the word that came to mind watching this was was IMAX. You know, um, I, I almost feel like the IMAX theater was created for the sound of fighter jets flying through the air. Um, I remember going to one of the museums up in the Washington, D.C. area and watching an IMAX movie. Um, and, and it was, you know, just a documentary. But hearing the planes fly by and seeing it on surround sound was was an epic feeling. And then kind of watching this movie over again, I'm like, wow, this movie was kind of made for the IMAX theater before IMAX was a really popular thing. Yeah, actually that's a, I've only used, I've seen one movie in IMAX and it was infinity war. Um, and that was insanely great. So I think this movie should be better in IMAX. Like you said, with the, with the, um, the planes and everything and all that sound, like I think it was a great movie to see infinity war in IMAX, but, this movie I might might have been better. This movie does hold up very, very well. Or I watched a really great remastered version of it on Netflix because <laughs> it looks like a current day movie that something came out in the last 20 years that actually has better special effects than a lot of movies in the last 20 years. So, I mean, I, I guess that's a testament to doing a lot of these stunts practical, but... Yeah, this is one of the best um, movies in that arena for me. 
Yeah, it definitely does not feel like 1986. I, this feels more like 1996. I think the, the the effects really hold up. And as you said, the practical effects, everything is very realistic. Um, I believe it's it's authentic fighter jet um, uh, visuals for the most part in this film. Um, I think the cast, the characters are really, really entertaining. Um, but I, I think I think one thing that stands out too is I think the sound editing is, is really phenomenal, uh, especially when you mix the sounds of this movie and also the soundtrack. Um, it all holds up really well. And I think, you know, when you talk about how there's such a great emphasis, I think, especially today in films, uh, when you see films like The Dark Knight or uh, the, the newest version of Mad Max, you know, there's really a lot of attention to sound editing and sound mixing. And I think this film, I don't know if this was maybe the one that set the tone, but I think this really did uh, kind of hold up and, and shows you how how the importance of those qualities in a film can really carry it and make it strong. Did you purposely uh, pun that? I don't think so. Because <laughs> you were talking about audio. There? Yeah, you're talking about audio and you said set the tone. So, <laughs> oh, it <laughs> oh, is good. Um, I was going to give you credit. I should have. I should have said yes. I could have taken credit for that. Yeah, man. And now you, now you don't get it. Um, no, I mean you're right though. I mean the only reason this movie does feel like an '80s movie is because it is extremely '80s. Um, I mean the music is very '80s, and I think um, maybe that's just something that like um, I'm getting used to more and more now because you know that's what a lot of these TV shows that do flashbacks are basing their stuff in now. Um, but like it just screamed '80s at me from the very start. Yeah, it's definitely. <laughs> Uh, definitely a throwback. It's, it's good to watch a movie like that. There are some weird scenes, though, that are straight out of that decade. The volleyball scene in particular that I thought went on for way too long. <laughs> the volleyball but scene is so pointless. <laughs> that's, just... that's like the thirstiest scene in movie history. I, I mean, like, that was... That's not, uh, that was just like them being like, we have a whole bunch of men who looked good shirtless. Can we find a way to make it happen? And they didn't until the very end. And it was just like volleyball scene. Just throw one in there. <laughs> just, just yeah, throw it it in added there. nothing to the story. Absolutely nothing. Yeah. They could have, they could have been doing home, like homework or whatever the hell they were doing or working out. Like, nope. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it was, a, it was a strong cast. What can you say? Um, but I, I, I would think um, another pun. You know, oh, no. <laughs> yes, Ryan, take credit for this one. Yes. Oh, yeah. I, I, yeah. You know, yeah. These guys, uh, these guys worked out a lot. They worked out for the rules. You know, I had to, I had to put the pun in there, I guess. I don't know. Um, so I don't you're know. Saying like, it was fit. It did fit. It, it fit in perfectly. Yes. It, it really was a good fit. Come on, laugh at least. Hey, Gerald's I, on I got Gerald's you. I appreciate it. That is Gerald. That is. Uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, I'm muting myself because I don't want to go out this long. But um. Anyway, you know, we talk about Top Gun though. This is a film that uh, I don't think people realize how influential it really is um, until you watch it. And I feel like there's a lot of like you know jokes that I hear or like sayings you hear, and I'm like, oh, that's where this came from. Uh, did you guys kind of feel that too? Yeah. I mean, there was, like I said, there was a few in there that I've known because I have seen clips or memes made out of it, you know? Um, 
but like there were things that like my friends and I would just say and I had no idea like the meaning behind it like how what even like that quote came from you know and like they were in this and um I have to go back and watch it because I completely forgot what it is now but there's one thing that Goose and Mav say together and I'm like oh me and my friend in like middle school used to say that well, there's like, negative. There's negative Ghost Rider, which I didn't know was from this movie. And then, yes, the the obvious ones. What is it? I got the need for speed, and so yes. many, so many negative quotable ghost, lines. Negative Ghost Rider. That's what I was thinking. Like, like that one. I had no idea that came from this. So news to me. And I think what 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 holds up with this movie. I think why it was so popular back when it first came out, and why it, it stayed so popular. I think I think just the how it's so appealing to such a wide variety of audiences. Um, I think there's a lot of really exciting action. There's a lot of great visuals and it's, it, it's dressed definitely in an adrenaline rush at times. Um, but also it's a, it, there's a love story. I think that like has really kind of stood the test of time. I don't know what y'all's opinions are on the love story specifically, but I, I think that's something that kind of really made it was appealing to a lot of people. Uh, I kind of think this movie kind of has that similarity to Titanic where it had a, a love story that worked for the critics and worked for the audiences. Whereas you have a film like Pearl Harbor where, uh, you know, you, you kind of tried to mix that love story in with some captivating action sequences and didn't work as well. Uh, do you have any agreement there? Um, I have a disagreement. I, oh yeah. I did not like the love story. That was my problem with the movie. I just felt it was rushed and I felt it. It was a little bit creepy, honestly, that this, like dude is straight up hitting on his teacher. And then the teacher is like, cool, I'm going to roll with this. And well, I mean, I don't know. I, I guess, I don't know. I didn't. I technically I married my boss for a minute there. So <laughs> I mean, um, I mean, I, I, I get it. Cause it, it did feel rushed. It did feel like, I don't know what he did to deserve like her actual attention. Um, other than just be ballsy about the way he hit on her. Um, but like, it wasn't the worst part to me. To me, I think it was the reason it is good is because everybody loves a high school love story or a, lo- a school love story, right? Or just a love story in general in movies. I mean, Ryan mentioned a few. Um, and you took a high school and turned it into an Air Force class with badass sports in between it. And you gave them a little bit of a side of a love story in it. Because um, it's what it is. I mean, these guys are in school to learn how to be like in Top Gun class. But um. I see what you're saying at the same time, though. Like, she did seem a little way too old for him. Um, and I just don't understand, like, what made them click other than the fact that they were both attractive people. Yeah, I didn't see. Uh, honestly, I didn't feel the chemistry with them. Um, and what she straight up moves. So this guy is in Top Gun school for eight weeks, and then he does something that makes her mad, and she leaves the place where she lives puts her house up for rent and everything over this one student. That's going to be gone in a few weeks. I didn't get that part either, but. And and I chalked up some of that like love story stuff to like just eighties and early nineties filmmaking um, where sometimes the relationship stuff was maybe a little bit rushed or you would see like little things blow up to huge things. Um, I don't know if that makes any kind of sense to y'all. I, I, I did kind of see that like the, the, maybe the Rocky similarity where, you know, maybe the love story didn't click on all cylinders and could have been a little bit stronger. Um, so, so I, I think I see where you're coming from. Yeah. And then like my problem with their, I mean, like, am I wrong in interpreting that? Like when this guy was going through depression, cause he 
basically killed his best friend. She just kind of like, pre- like told him to get over it without saying that. Like that's, I don't know. Like some of the way it was handled could have been a little better, I think. But I'm not. I don't know. I still think the movie was good. Yeah, it's, it's not still the, it's not the best relationship. The best relationship in the movie is Maverick and Goose. Oh yes, yes, and we will get into that with our uh, our our characters. Uh, do we want to go ahead and get into our favorite scenes? And each of us just picks one. And if, we, if there's one we really didn't like, we'll discuss that as well. And then we'll do our cast members. Yeah, honestly, the whole beginning sequence to set up this movie is fantastic. Like yeah, the movie... taking my taking my taking my. <laughs> yeah, go, go ahead, go yeah, ahead. The, the the score, the cinematography, the action, Maverick and Goose in the in that captain's office uh, at the end when he tells them that they're going to be accepted into Top Gun. That ten minute sequence to open this movie is perfect. It I is, hate you. Oh it's my so God. good, Ryan. Elaborate on it, but it is just <laughs> so so good. I literally had written on here, and I was like, "This is nothing is going to beat this." I was like. Here's what I have, my specific notes. Great first 10 minutes or so from the uh, (laughs) flight mission to the scene in the general's office. Great action and character development all in one. Arguably the best 10 minutes to to start a film ever. (laughs) Great minds think alike, I guess. No, but like to to elaborate off it, like first of all, like the the nostalgia, like I I don't know if they they expected the, the music to to age well here but like now it just has this epic sense of nostalgia when you have like the 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 classic music playing with the fighter jets going off and you have this really just captivating uh flight sequence to open the movie that's not like you know it's not over the top it, it's it seems pretty realistic i mean like when you're thinking about flying a jet that goes as fast as they do uh over the ocean like that i mean god you can only imagine the adrenaline and the pressure underneath you um and to see how it ends and then see the intensity of it and then also you kind of have this uh uh intense but also hilarious at the same time sequence with maverick and goose meeting the captain in his office uh i think it was just such a great way to establish these characters but also to kind of let you know this movie's not messing around you're in for an adrenaline rush (sighs) <sighs> damn you too but um danger like danger zone or that fantastic danger zone <laughs> danger zone. yeah i was sitting here like lipsing in it for the past five minutes while y'all talked about that scene um that was also what i was picking because that's a great way to it caught me it got me motivated you know i'm not gonna lie to y'all there's sometimes when we review movies where i start it and the opening scene just bores the hell out of me and i'm like damn i have to sit through two hours of this um but this one, I was like, oh, damn, this is fun. You know, so it was a lot of fun. Um, but I really, if you had to pick another one, I think um, his first class with the teacher, um, especially when he's sitting there talking about what he knows can happen with a plane when she's sitting here continuously like, no, that's impossible. It's impossible. It's never been done. Um, I just love the way I, that the banter they had between the two. That's one of the few bright spots of this relationship is like little banter moments like that. It was like that was that was fantastic. And then we also get introduced to Ice in that same scene, who might be my favorite character in the movie. Uh, the rivalry between Val Kilmer and Tom Cruise is uh, top notch, and we'll get into that when we get to characters. But I think that that first introduction, when you realize, oh, this class is going to be just a bunch of good-looking guys with some very strong egos, and I am 
very, very captivated by this for some reason. And I can't wait to see where this goes. But at the same time, like, I don't blame the rest of the class for hating Maverick and Goose. They were kind of like. Oh, okay, gosh. If that, was my, if that was my first introduction <laughs> to somebody, I, I don't know if I could like him either. I'd be like, this guy. Can, can I cuss? No. But yeah, like I would have, I probably would have been on Ice's side from the start. Like he's way too cocky. He comes off like an a-hole and um, his first introduction, like he tells off the teacher. So I'm good. Like not my friend. I loved Goose though. Like any scene Goose was in, he was just great comic relief. I like, that's one of the best sidekick characters in in movie history, I would say. And then that's why everyone always is like, I'm Maverick, you're Goose. And then, you know, we've been doing this for decades now after this movie came out. Uh, And I mean, that makes everything that transpires very tragic uh, in the middle of the movie. Yeah. And he's just a lovable person, like just a lovable character. Yeah. Him and his kid and his mom and everything. Yeah. Um, his, I think his kid is making an appearance in the new movie. Right? Yeah, He's play, back. played by Miles Teller. And they yeah, look nice. alike, too. That's the craziest thing. They almost yeah. look like they could be uh, father and son. Yeah. That's All crazy. right. So uh, how about we do... Um, do we want to do our final reviews, then do characters, or we want to do characters first? You just go down to character could. list. Yeah, we could run okay. down characters. All right. So uh, who wants to start? Um, I'll just go. I'm going to rattle off the five. Um, Tom Cruise um, as Maverick, obviously. Um, Val, well, actually, no, I'm going to go with um, Anthony Edwards' Goose, number two. Val Kimmer's a um, close number three. Um, I guess Merlin with Tim Robbins. I, I'm having trouble picking which ones. I'm bad. I can't remember half of these um the guys' name, which ones were which, because all their photos are updated photos. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a problem. Um, y'all go, y'all continue. I'll, I'll pick one of your fives. <laughs> yeah. So I guess I'll go Goose, Iceman, Maverick. I will do <laughs> the general that tells <laughs> Maverick what happened to his dad at four. And then at number five, uh, Bald General from the beginning. <laughs> That'll round out my top five. Bald General from the beginning. I thought mine was bad. Oh, <laughs> man. At least I just quit. <laughs> no, I- I'm pretty bad, too. Uh, I- I'm trying to, like, pull up a picture of everybody back when they played their characters just so I can. Uh, yeah, I'm looking at them, and they don't look like Anthony Edwards no. looks nothing like him anymore. Um, but, um, yeah. Air Boss Johnson? Is that- it's Air Boss Johnson. <laughs> okay, uh, I'll go through mine. I have um, Goose number one. I have Iceman at number two. Maverick at number three. Uh, Air Boss Johnson at number four. And then uh, I have Angry General from the first scene, as Jeff said, at number uh, five. <laughs> Angry General is great. He's a very Angry good General. character. He's also the principal in the first Back to the Future. So amazing! There's what a way to utilize out. your like, for, like your 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 little bit of of time in the movie, right? Right. Yeah. Make it this is the top scene on Box Office Quarterbacks podcast forty years later. <laughs> yes. 
Give that but man his at, Oscar. Anyway, like just to give you the why on some of these people, though, like you know, just I think yeah, obviously the chemistry between Maverick and Goose so strong. Um, but I think also the reason I think Goose makes my top, uh, my number one choice is just because I think I think his death really did, uh, just add a really strong emotional yeah uh, toll to this movie. You got a little bit of that with Cougar, and I think that set the uh the tone for for the kind of the intense movie you're about to see, even though a lot of it is humorous and a lot of it is really fun, but there are a lot of times when they kind of go for the emotional jugular on you and yeah. you see it with Cougar at the beginning, but the, you don't see it again until Goose's death. And then you realize, man, this movie does not play around here. Yeah. Um, I actually want to like agree with you on that. Cause like, I did not think they were going to kill. That was the last thing I was thinking was going to happen. You know, I mean, like, I just didn't see it happening. Maybe I was blind as a bat, but like it shocked the hell out of me. I was like, Oh, he's alive. And then the next scene when they're like talking about his death, I'm like, wait, did he just die? Like, so I was shook. Yeah. Like I knew it was coming just because this movie has been out for so long and it's referenced in like the Simpsons and every other pop culture thing. So, but when it did happen, Gerald, I didn't know if that was the scene. Cause I didn't think he was dead right away. And when it does happen, it really hits you in the stomach. Absolutely. And I think ice is high on the ice man's high on the list for me too. Cause I think his rivalry between uh, Maverick and him is really captivating. It's a lot of fun. And of course he has a really strong character arc where he ultimately comes around and the two of them become very close friends at the end. Yeah, I liked I liked Ice a lot. I think he was a very like he wasn't really a villain. He, he set up to be the villain of the story, but you actually start to like him a lot by the end of the movie, and he makes a lot of sense, especially when it comes to Maverick and the way Maverick acts. And Val Kilmer's just uh, what an underrated actor. Um, I every time I think of Val Kilmer, I think the first film I think of is Tombstone, but uh, this is one of my favorite Val Kilmer performances as well. Yeah, I mean, it, Val Kilmer kind of fell victim to being a failed superhero character. Um, I mean, like, as much as I love the DC and Marvel movies and everything, like, if you fail, like, it's kind of hard to get a second chance, you know? I mean, look at the kid from um, the, who played Green Goblin in uh, Amazing Spider-Man. Um, he was really good in Chronicle. Um, very good, actually. And... He played an unliked character and nobody talks like he hasn't been acting a lot, like if at all, like he's not in anything big. Um, He's a weird uh, case, though, because I feel like Amazing Spider-Man is just one of those movies that was kind of forgettable. So I feel like it shouldn't really hurt people who were in that movie, especially how some of these those actors really, really thrived after that. I mean, you would think you would think that forever was a big hit, though, for Val Kilmer. And like the only reason he didn't come back. For Batman and Robin, which is a huge bullet dodged on his part, is that him <laughs> and Joel Schumacher didn't get along. So I actually did like Val Kilmer's Batman. I know a lot of people oh, did, too. And also, uh, you know, I, I mean, look what George Clooney's done since playing Batman. I mean, like, the, the guy has had so much success in his career, and then people... Uh, you, it, it honestly shocks some people like when you remind them that he was Batman. Like, hey, George Clooney was Batman, and it was one of the worst movies of all time. And and everyone's like, well, 
Well, I guess I, I mean, I, I guess it didn't hurt him. He ended up doing pretty good for himself after Batman, even though that movie was uh, a little rough. Oh, <laughs> yes, it was. Um, but uh, I, overall, just, uh, you know, I think really strong movie. And I think we can get into our final reviews here if we're ready. Is there yeah. any characters we didn't like, though? Actually, if you if you guys got your negatives. The teacher, for reasons I said earlier. Uh, I'm happy Jennifer Conley is a different character in Top Gun Maverick. New love interest. Yeah, I, I don't really have anybody too negative. I mean, there were a couple of characters that didn't really do much, but you know, you can't. You're trying to fit a movie into a watchable time period. You know, that's understandable. But anyway, getting into our final reviews, what do you have starting with Jeff? I'm going to give it an all star. I don't think it's like it is rewatchable. It's a great movie. We're getting a sequel this week. Uh, It's a classic Tom Cruise movie. It's not up there with maybe like the Terminator or Back to the Future or movies like that in the 80s. I think it's very, very good and definitely a movie you should see. But I will give it an all-star. Yeah, I'll give it an all-star too. For all the same reasons Jeff said. It's um, a very good movie. I don't know if it's it's not a Hall of Fame movie by any means. But it's very good and is definitely a rewatchable. I mean, it's considered and it should be considered a classic. Um, really, I mean, the reason it's the reason we're getting a sequel nearly, what, 40 years later. Um, I'm going to give it an all-star too. I think this movie is number one age really well. I think it still holds up today. Um, I think the, the, uh, just, I'm trying to find the words, the, the, the nostalgia is kind of all over it. The influence, uh, is all over it and has held up so much today and, and really has a lot to do with the pop culture we have. Um, the performances are great. The characters are, are very strong too. Um, and just, you know, the, the sound editing and sound effects, the little things are just so strong here. So I think, you know, it's an all-star for me. It, it, it has the problems like everyone here has kind of pointed out, which kind of holds it back a little bit, but it's pretty close to, to being on that hall of fame level, uh, definitely an all-star. And there's a reason why we are so excited for a sequel and why the sequel has been in the works for so long and has been talked about for so long, um, and it's got a lot of hype, and it, I mean, you could argue it's got more hype than some of the superhero movies coming out this year, which is kind of hard to pull off these days. Um, and I think one last thing too, uh, you, you know, Tony Scott's no longer with us. I think Tony Scott is a critically underrated director. Um, he's had some great movies in the past. Uh, I, I, I pulled up his uh, filmography as we you guys were talking to, but some great movies like Crimson Tide, uh, Enemy of the State, Man on Fire. Uh, really an underrated director. Yeah, those are all great movies. Um, and yeah, Tony Scott, like check out his filmography. He really has so, some gems in there for sure. Oh yeah. And, and I would like to, you know, and I think too, his brother still doing some really strong work as well. Um, did the last duel last year, which I thought was really strong, but yeah, Tony Scott, we definitely miss him. And he was a amazing contributor to the world of film. So we got to make sure we we make that clear. All right. So when's everyone seeing the new one? Friday night, Top Gun Maverick. Got my tickets already. Let's go. I'm still gonna I'm get my tickets. Excited. I'm pretty excited. This cast is is. I mean, 
every time you look at the cast list, you forget how strong it is. And I'm super pumped. Jennifer Conley, John Hamm, that's probably the one I'm the most excited about. And uh, Miles Teller's also in there. I, I, I'm very interested to see where this uh, storyline's going to go. Yeah, it's definitely going to be a throwback in the movie theaters. Uh, it, it's going to be great to see. And I'm very, very excited uh, to talk about it uh, when we get a chance. How are the reviews for it so far? Uh, great. Like 98% on Rotten Tomatoes. Great. Oh, that's so good. It it always is a good feeling when like, you know, a sequel's coming out. And because there's so many films where people are like, oh, do we really need a sequel for this? Why are we getting a sequel? And then we get one in the movies get strong reviews like that. I think when I think probably one that was refreshing was 22 jump street, you know, where it's like, Oh, do we really need a sequel to this? And like, yep, we didn't, we needed a sequel. This is great. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's kind of like hard to do sequels when, you you know, decades after the original had come out, we've seen that with the Terminator franchise, but it's really great to know that this looks like it's going to stick the landing. Well, I mean, it also helps. <laughs> oh, come on. Hey, hold on, Gerald. Acknowledge the pun first. There is a pun. Oh, I did that on purpose. That's yeah. right. <laughs> I was just trying to take off, man. Um, anyway. Um, damn it. No, I forgot. No, but it really helps when you have a guy like Tom Cruise anchoring that prequel, that sequel, though. Um, because, I mean, like, he's one of those guys like Paul Rudd who, you know, looks the same as he did 35 years ago today. Um, so... I think that definitely helps. It doesn't take the uh, viewer out as much and it makes some of the stuff a little more believable, I think. Um, um, well, especially when, when some of the stuff Tom Cruise has done since this movie has only gotten crazier and crazier in terms yeah. of his... I mean, like, you see some of the stunts for, for the Mission Impossible movies he pulls off and you just don't even think they're real. Yeah. Like, I mean, this guy is a like bonafide, like, Hollywood star. Like, he is a top-notch actor and... You like when you were just even lift, listing off all the other actors, like those are all top notch actors. Um, like this is a crazy car star studded um cast for the new. And, one. and it feels like they're all like kind of casted like perfectly to to the role they're kind of known for, right? Like you you see John Hamm playing like a a a, a high ranking general with a bit of an ego, like a, a perfect role for him, right? Yeah. Uh, and then Miles Teller is probably going to play like a little bit of an egomaniac up and coming. Uh, I think he's gonna pretty much that. play like a, a younger version of of Maverick, pretty much. You know, I, just, I think he's gonna hate Maverick. That's my yeah, prediction. Uh, I, I think they're gonna hate each other. I can't wait gonna, for that. He's gonna blame his dad. He's gonna blame his dad's death on on Maverick, and he's Maverick's Uh-oh. gonna be his teacher. I am betting on it right now. <laughs> give me okay. that. Give yeah, me that movie I, right I, now. I'll, I'm gonna run to the theater right now. Now that you just sold me on the movie, Gerald. <laughs> yeah, I was I already sold myself on the movie. <laughs> yeah awesome well we've got a lot of fun stuff coming up here on box office quarterbacks um check out the review board social media any other announcements that's it review board we got a lot of good stuff up there check out gerald and ahmed's uh season one yellow jackets review that we have up as well and yeah keep following us and liking our stuff i guess i guess do no it. Neg- no negative Ghost Riders here. No, that's a positive Ghost Rider. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Good Friends and Real Talk, and we will see you later. Bye.